Thank you everyone for tuning into our podcast called Hold My Ice Coffee. And today we are super excited. We have the amazing Kelly Hoffman here. She is a renowned relationship coach. She has appeared in television, um, all kinds of appearances. She's a presence on the web. She has personally helped hundreds, if not thousands of people um, and I count myself to be among them. She is just wonderful and an amazing human being, one of the most compassionate people that I know. Um, She has an incredible background. She is a New Englander holding her iced coffee along with us in the frozen snow. But I just can't say enough about her. And we'd love to, you know, Kelly, just have you, um, can you share a little bit about your background and um, kind of where you're from in New England and how you became a relationship coach? I'm from Newburyport, Massachusetts. I grew up and I never thought I would live outside of New England. I I love New England and it's been 20 years since I've lived there and I, I miss it every day. Um, but I've ended up on the West Coast um, after grad school and getting married and having kids and starting my husband and I started a business here. And I went to ma- got my master's degree in marriage and family therapy and graduated when I had one toddler and one on the way. And just gone into relationship coaching because once when I was working as a therapist, I would be seeing clients and they would be having relationship issues. And I, and I, I had this, I had gone through a kind of a discovery process to find my husband because I, I was dating horribly and I had a mentor who taught me some things to do. And then I, as I became a therapist, I realized, oh my gosh, these people with marital problems, if they had done what I had been shown how to do and, and I know how to do when they were dating, they wouldn't be here. And then once I had my single clients, like they maybe come in for anxiety or depression or something, when that was resolved, they wanted, they still wanted to work with me because they wanted to find a partner. So I just started coaching. That was like the next thing that people wanted. And so I just started teaching people how to do what I had done. And then just, it just grew into relationship coaching because it seemed like that's, you know, they kept, people referred their friends for that. So I, I, um, I, I got to do it. It was fun. I love it. It's, it feels like one of the most life-changing things you can help someone do is to find a really great partner because when you don't have a great fit partner, it really makes life heavy and dreary. And when you have a phenomenal fit partner for you, there's no perfect person, but there can be, you know, phenomenal fits for you. Um, it, it really increases your quality of life. Wow, that's amazing. I've I've seen this at work and the way that you work one-on-one with people, even in the midst of the group coaching, you care so much about each person individually. You see their value and everything that they bring to the table. It's just so wonderful to have you on my team. And I know I'm not the only one. So you have an incredible gift. Um, well, thank you, Elena. And I just have to, I just have to say what a rock star you are. You're making me tear up. But Elena... Like, you know, she is one of the most beautiful, coachable people. And um, it is, it's always such a, a, a privilege and an honor to get the responsibility of helping someone in, in such a tender personal area and to have the the privilege of helping Elena has, has just been a highlight. Thank so thank you, you Elena. Thank you so much, Kelly. Um, one of the things that I tell people when I, I talk about you and I, I'm really bragging about you, if I can be honest, is I talk about how you introduce the concept of a mindset shift and how powerful that is and Mm -hmm. why that's so important. And you talk about that and teach 
that to us um, really by example, which is really one of the most powerful ways you can teach to anyone. How did you, Kelly, get there in your personal journey about valuing a mindset shift? How did you get there and how did you start saying, I want to show other people how to do this? Because this is, I don't believe it's something that's intuitive. No, it's not intuitive. And it's a great question. Um, I think it started when I was in high school. I knew I was attractive. I knew I was smart. And people didn't treat me the same way they treated other attractive, smart girls. And I noticed that difference. I didn't know what to do with it then. But that's, I think, when I became aware of it. You know, And over my life, I've just seen that there are some women and men, some people that feel a certain way about themselves. And it creates an interpretation from the rest of the world. And then when I was introduced with the, to the idea of mindset about five years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. And what I realized is those people, they had a control, they, they had a lot of things going for them. Like if you've ever known someone that's really reliable, responsible, really calm, they have, they have certain um, abilities to govern their emotions. That, that's kind of one common factor. The other common factor is mindset they have what I call pain radar instead of a pain thermometer. And if someone treats them poorly, that's a radar moment for them. And they don't ignore it. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll say, Hey, could you not do that? They'll respond in a very moderated way, but they'll, but they expect that the world will treat them well. And then they respond accordingly. And what I've noticed for everyone, whenever you're having any problem, whether it's a dating problem or a relationship problem, there's a mindset problem underneath. You're thinking and believing something about yourself or the other person that is not enabling you to be your best self. And sometimes we don't even realize that we have the mindset that, you know, like I grew up with the mindset, um, you should be as pleasant as possible to men so that they will like you. Like that was drilled into my head by subtle and not so subtle cues. When you have that mindset, you don't tell a man, hey, please don't treat me that way or do this. You think, oh, I, the reason this isn't working is I need to do more. And when I started working with clients, I realized, oh my gosh, there's all these things that they just think are normal that are in their belief set that they don't realize are a choice belief, not the way that the world is. And so I started, I, you know, I became familiar with mindset because it's, it's, it's a big thing in certain, in certain self-help circles. And then once I realized what this was, I'm like, I've got to get, I've got to get women that aren't being treated well, that aren't being treasured and they're not getting partners that, that step in and contribute in a way that they are, that, that we've got to get their mindset different because it's kind of like the frog in the pot. If you don't know that you're not supposed to be in a hot pot, you don't jump out. And when, when you think it's normal to have someone that doesn't contribute, that gets angry, that, that stonewalls, that gets defensive, when all those things feel normal, you can't take any steps to change it or to get yourself out. And so that's really the foundation is you, I really want to work with women. The first step is identifying that they need a mindset shift and then recognize it. Cause they're like, every, nobody thinks that they, they have these things. They just start going, oh my gosh, I never realized this is so subtle. This is from my childhood. This is something that I didn't realize. So I hope that. Yeah, it absolutely does. Wow. Thank you so much. In your work, how have you seen the power of the mindset shift working with your clients? I, that's such a great question. Again, it's so phenomenal. I can hear it in my client's voice when they make the mindset shift. I can hear like, and you could play the recordings and I think everyone could hear it. When people first come in and they haven't made the mindset shift 
into, you know, I deserve to be treated well, which means that if somebody doesn't treat me well, I get to ask them that question. I don't have to try and fix things like all the things that go into it. You hear this strength and this certainty come into their voice. And what ends up happening is every single time that happens, within two weeks to a month, they're in a relationship with someone that really respects them. And what I believe it is, is that we take in so many millions of pieces of information when we're interacting with someone. And when your mindset is off, all your subtle cues, communication is 70% nonverbal, right? And verbal, you can lie. You can lie to yourself. You can lie to the other. So I believe that the women that come to me are these amazing women that don't know how, that don't have a mindset that says, you can't take advantage of me. You're going to have to treat me well. And here are the ways that you're going to have to treat me well, if you're going to be around me. And they're giving off signals that tell someone that's looking for an, and I'm not going to accuse men of being deliberately exploitive. They're, they're looking for someone that's going to fit for them. And if you're someone that's not going to call them on their hooey, they're going to be like, oh, okay, I can be with her. She's not going to call me on my hooey or whatever it is. And so my, my clients get this mindset shift and all of a sudden they are the kind of woman that 70% of their communication, their nonverbal communication makes men who can't contribute uncomfortable. And those men walk away and they, they might even walk away like, oh, she's not my type or they, they'll come up with all kinds of reasons. But the men who want a real goddess to participate in a loving relationship with, a woman who is passionate and connected and, you know, certain and sure of herself, she, these women that I work with are now giving off all those positive nonverbal communication points. And those men are reading it on that nonverbal communication level and they just find each other more readily. Wow. I'm also amazed that um, women in Massachusetts were taught that stuff too. <laughs> I thought only Southern women were like, hey, we're supposed to be pleasant all the time. <laughs> no, I remember, in fact, my I've often thought the high school that I grew up in, and this starts very, very young in middle school. When we started dating, you were allowed to go out with, quote, air quotes, someone, like socially. It was acceptable to go out with someone, even do kissing and touching and sexual things, as long as you went out with them for two months or more. It was not okay to go on a date, have fun, don't, you know, don't do, do anything, and then go out with another boy the next night or the next weekend. You would have been labeled a pejorative label about your sexuality. Kind of the dating culture starts very young, whereas what I teach, and, and it, it comes through with my clients, a lot of my clients are like, oh, I feel bad dating more than one guy at once. I'm like, that's like saying I feel bad test driving more than one car at a time. Right. How do you know? You're just looking at it. You've got to have a test drive. And we're taught to feel guilty, like somehow we're, um, we're being unfaithful to someone we don't even know. So it, it, there's a lot of deep roots in our society because dating is, is a very young cultural phenomenon. You know, it just didn't happen until like 100 years ago. And then it's evolved over the 100, 200 years that it's been in existence. It's, it's changed dramatically. That's so true. And, and you talk about how now women have even more freedom than they have before. So you think it's a really unique, I've heard you say it's a unique time to step in and help women because never before do we have so many choices. But at times we use those choices to kind of relive those tapes in our head rather than stepping out and trying to find that phenomenal fit partner. And yeah. you believe in us and you believe in each client so much that it yeah. models believing yeah. in ourselves and then believing that this is possible. But, you know, thank God for you. 
because when you're believing in us, maybe sometimes that's the first time or the first time in a long time that someone has believed in us. Exactly. Because you can't do what you don't know how to do. If no one's believed in you or believed in you in the way that gives you permission to say, please don't touch me like that. Or, oh, this guy didn't call me. I'm not going to get back to him. He can, he's free to, to call me and make up for it. Like if nobody's ever taught you what a confident woman looks like, you've only been standing on the outside of the confident woman club trying to peek in. You don't know what's the dress code. What's the secret handshake. And, And I'm trying to pull back the veil and teach you the dress code and the secret handshake handshake for being in the confident dating. Oh, I love that. Until it becomes who you are. Because first we put on the costume and then we mingle. And then all of a sudden, you know, weeks, months, years later, oh yeah, I've always been, oh, there was a time I wasn't a member of the Confident Women's Club. Oh, that feels like so long ago, right? And that's the goal is for every woman. And and this is actually for men too. Mm. I just happen to work with women. But people are taught to settle for being treated in a way that doesn't honor who they are. And they don't, there's so there's so many ways to pick up clues that we're just not taught. One of my my life ambitions is to have this become wow. a standard school curriculum. Because it's not just dating, it's also being able to vet and ascertain who's a good friend like people will tell me all the time they're using what I teach for vetting their boyfriends for vetting their girlfriends who they should keep in their life from there and a lot of women come to my course and go oh my gosh I'm gonna have to not have relationships with these girlfriends because they're not serving me or have a conversation or or whatever it is right even setting boundaries in workplace relationships this has implications for our broad life but if we haven't if we don't think we have that permission you know, I think that's why it's it's so powerful on a number of levels to get to that mindset set shift, which is what you show us how to do through example. Exactly. And it all starts when your mindset is, what am I doing wrong? You respond to men you're dating, work situations, girlfriends very differently than when you think I'm great. Not great. Like I'm the greatest, but like I, I'm perfect just the way I am. I've got a lot to learn. What, you know, what's going on? How, you know, just that calm centered, everything's okay. Are you treating me okay? Or do I need to make this situation changed? It's just a very different way of living. And it all starts Absolutely. with the Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean when you tell us and tell your clients what we focus on grows? Yeah, that's a great, I, I love that. Um, I, I, it's from Tony Robbins. So I just like put that out there, there, what you focus on, you get more of. And for an example, with my kids, if I say, don't leave your dirty socks around, don't leave your dirty socks around, don't leave your dirty socks around. Nobody ever stops putting their dirty socks away. When I say, Hey, dirty socks, go here, dirty socks, go here, dirty socks, go here. The dirty socks end up going there. Does that make sense? And so when we, um, and this is true in relationships and it's true in dating. A, a lot of what women, when they first come to me are like, there are no good men out there. They're focusing on that. And my response is always like, I'm not going to argue with them because that's a reality. Like you're right. There are a lot of not good men out there. Let's not focus on those. We're looking for a needle in a haystack. So let's make sure that let's not like, we can gripe about the fact that there's the haystack. And then we'll spend all our time griping about the haystack and we'll never spend any time looking for the needle. So let's not focus on the hay because I know what hay looks like and I don't want the hay. What does the needle look like, right? Just just focus and I don't care how many pieces of hay I have to pick up. Now I can get a magnet to help me in my search. I can get tools, which is what I teach to, to make it go faster. But if we focus on the hay, we're only gonna see more hay. And if we're looking at our haystack, we look up like, oh my gosh, there's a whole field. 
or if we say, hey, there's no great men out there, our brain and this and then the science behind this is our brain is a very willing slave, but not an not an intelligent one. Our brain, there's a lot of science that shows that our brain does not comprehend when we say no pink elephants. What's the first thing you think of? A pink elephant. It's similar for if you say, I am never going to date, you know, I have a lot of people, clients, in fact, who have said, I say no Christians because I'm an atheist or no atheist because I'm a Christian. That, that sometimes will come up. And the, in whatever way it is, the one that's an atheist is getting Christians. The one that's a Christian is getting atheists. I'm like, take it out. Tell them what you want. Don't say no one or the other because that's what you get. And so then they say, okay, I'm looking for someone who, and they describe, you know, for a Christian who has a, a mindset about God or, you know, whatever it is that is what they're, you know, the characteristics of what they're looking for. Now, all of a sudden we're getting something different. What you focus on grows. If you focus on no something of this, you're going to get more of the something of this. But when you focus on what you want and just have that, that laser focus, hey, I want a man that treats me this way and this way and this way. And then what happens is when you have that laser focus and a man's not treating you that way, it becomes really clear. But if you're thinking, I don't want a man who treats me this way. Now you're like, oh, is he treating me that way? Is he not? Now I've got evidence for it. Well, then he didn't treat me that way. And we don't care because that's not the goal. But then we're spinning around trying to evaluate if this person you know, is treating you the way you didn't want to be treated. Why don't we just stay focused on this is the character mm. trait. I want an honest man. Instead of saying, I don't, I don't want a man that lies. Mm. We spend all our time trying to figure out if he's lying. We focus on, I want an honest man. It becomes really clear. You can see, I, I'm surprised, I've been surprised as I've gotten older and done this, how much I can see in an instant when someone is the kind of person that's willing to lie to themselves, which is an indication that they're willing to lie to others. And there are very subtle conversational cues that tell you that. And I only know it because I focus on honesty. I'm looking for someone honest. And when you when you have a gold standard, when something brushes up against it and tarnishes it, it becomes really clear. When you're focusing on looking for lies, it's really hard if you're looking in a pile of lies to discern yeah. anything. That makes so much sense. Yeah, I love, I love that. that analogy too. We had a question, but I can see that I don't even think it's the right question anymore. The question originally was going to be, is there a mistake you see people, especially women, making either when they're seeking relationships or whether they're in a relationship? But maybe another way to ask is, is there a way that we can set ourselves up for greater success? in that kind of relationship. So really any way you wanted to answer, if there's a mistake that you see or a way that you think we could, you know, set us ourselves up for greater success, you know, focus on the, the celebration rather than oh, the negative. <laughs> yeah, Elena knows, Elena knows. Um, the biggest thing that I see, because I offer, when women join with me and and do my program we're kind of in it to win it and then I you know Elena knows like people come back after a year of being in a relationship and say hey this is going on you know and and they get their relationship coaching and so what I, I try to train myself and everyone in in our in our hero dating class our shiro dating class to do is you focus on the outcome that you want it's been really good to be part of the Oprah generation because we weren't in the stifled 50s and 60s. Mm. My grandmother was an alcoholic and she was too ashamed to admit it. So she never got help and she she suffered immensely emotionally and so did her family and physically and verbally and mm. everything else because she had to deal with that. So I love that we have been part of the Oprah therapy generation and it's time to realize, you know, we, we've done that experiment and talking about our problems 
there is a there is a moment when you realize you've been molested, when you realize something bad has happened, you need to be heard and witnessed. So there is being heard and witnessed and talking about your problems has a place. And there comes a point when the time is to say, okay, you know, I, I got hit by a car and my leg is never going to work the same again. I got molested and I'm, you know, this is the scar that I'm bearing. What life am I going to build around this? And what rehab am I going to do? And we focus on the outcome. So whether you're getting in a relationship or in a relationship, I tell my clients, focus on the outcome because my clients will come in and they'll say, okay, well, I, the, and this was happening when I first started doing this. I was getting my clients into relationships and then they were kind of like, the relationships were starting to not work because they were using their um, their relationship maintenance techniques that they've learned in the 90s and whatever that were all about focus on talking about the problem. And there's nothing that makes you feel more terrible and worse than focusing on talking about a problem, right? Like if, you, if you're, and usually it's the woman going to the man and saying, hey, I have a problem with this. And the guy's like, Rrr. he's like, you know, is, he doesn't know how to handle it. He, he doesn't know <laughs> what he wants. He knows he did wrong. He doesn't know how to fix it. And he's like, uh, you know, so the way to the way to get around all of that so that I don't have to keep getting my clients in new relationships over and over again is to give them the skill to be like, hey, the thing that comes to mind is I have a client who has a hard time asking for what she wants or needs and realize and then she would say, you know, she would sit her partner down and say, you did, you know, when you did this, it felt like, you know, and it was like the long drawn out thing. And I'm like, you know, you could just skip that. And when it happens, you could say, hey, could you please do blah, blah, blah. And then he could say yes or no. And then, and then the second layer of that is a lot of women and men have been emotionally damaged. They weren't given childhoods that were nurturing and supportive. And so when we hear someone say that they're not going to give us what we want, we go into what I call for me personally, you know, my, my four-year-old mode and I want to have a tantrum and I'm scared because I'm scared that somebody isn't going to give it to me. And so then my job there is to support my clients to be able to be the adult for their four-year-old. I actually just, it's so funny because I just had this happen last night. My father-in-law is coming into town and my husband and I had a double date with a, a couple scheduled and we now have to cancel it. And I, and I wanted like my husband to say, no, but we won't cancel our double date. And he didn't. I asked for it and he said, no, my father's coming into town. I only see him once or twice, a, you know, a couple times a year. I'm like, mm, but we just, we saw him more like, you know, and, and I, but I chewed on it. And then I like, so I was talking to myself. I'm like, okay you know, trying to figure out what happened. I'm like, no, it really isn't out of the, you know, it isn't un, um, unreasonable to want to cancel our date so that he could spend more time with his dad. He does only see him like three times a year, four times a year. He's close with his dad. But what I wanted was, hey, but let's, you know, let's do this date another time, which he actually did say, I just was ignoring it because I was mad. And I realized I was creating this problem instead of focusing on, you know, and I, and so I didn't go back to him, which I was so proud of myself and say, you know, I felt like you were prioritizing your father over me when, you, you know, which is what I would have said. And that would have been an argument because then he would have been defending loving his father. But what I, what I don't even have to say it because he said, yeah, let's, let's just plan the double date for another time. I, all I have to say, if he didn't say that, all I had to say is like, you know, I really was looking forward to that. And I really want to plan the double date for another time. And, and it, it matters to me that it's important to you. And he would have, you know, my husband, I know my husband would have said, yeah, of course. I'm sorry. I didn't say that so much different. Do you see that, that difference? So the biggest thing that I could tell anyone focus on the outcome that you want and not about fixing the problem. Cause often if you just focus on where you want to go, there's no problem anymore. So we don't have to fix anything. And then you get in the habit of doing that and the other person gets trained and then we don't have problems. It's 
really cool. The last thing that we just wanted to give our listeners a takeaway of what would you say is the biggest takeaway for all of our listeners? Wow. Biggest takeaway? <laughs> just sum it all up. Yeah, sum it all up. Um, if something's not working in your relationship or your life, mm. you can, it's a skill set upgrade. You weren't born to, to just be someone that, that doesn't, I hear so many times, I'm just, I have a broken picker. I can't pick the right people. I'm just not, you know, it's not my destiny to be in a loving relationship. Mm. It's just not how my life's going to play out. If you want, if you like where your life is at and you wanted to keep playing it out. Awesome. I'm not telling anyone what they should be wanting or not. I would say to everyone, and in this age of internet, there's Mind Valley. There's so much information available that you can learn whatever you need to learn. There's so much research on emotional intelligence, on negotiation. Like you can you can find out information about anything you need to find out about and up level your life. So just really recognize that you in and of yourself at your core, the seed of who you are is so perfect so wonderful and just so right and if anything is not going wrong it's a skill set it's you know it, it, it's changing how you do it but there is nothing that mm. needs to change about who you are you're already just great wow. just the way you are thank you so much kelly that you've given us so much to think about and chew on and really um, I think we're all upping our skill set listening to you right now. So thank you so much for your time. We're overjoyed and we're going to put information on how you can get in touch with Kelly, her website, and we're going to be having all the information about how you can connect with Kelly um, and reach out to her yourself if you're interested in working with her, which I highly recommend it. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on Hold My Ice Coffee. And we'd love to have you back again. And we wish you all the best success. Oh, thank you, Elena. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was such a treat. It was so fun to talk about this. I usually um, I usually don't get to discuss this kind of stuff. So it's so fun. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Elena. You guys are great. Oh, yeah. Thank you. It, you. Everything you're saying goes along with all of our core values here. So I love it. And I'm, I'm so excited about sharing this with our listeners. And yeah, thank you. Well, thank you. And thank you for, for, for the promotion. I wasn't expecting that. Thank you. Lovely. Thanks so much.